there's danger to me in this as well. It's not that often in your whole life, typically, that someone will come up to you and bear their soul. You have to know them very well, and people are doing that to me all the time. They do it on the street all the time. I've been very ill for quite a long time, and it's not obvious why, but I think one of the sources was that I've, I just was overwhelmed by insight into misery. So many, I saw so many people that were so, well, grateful is part of it to me. It's very uh, uh, affecting when that happens. It's not a trivial experience, especially when it happens thousands of times. And you know, I, I'm a reasonably astute observer of people because I had so much practice as a clinical psychologist, I can see what's going on with people pretty quickly if I really watch. And that is my proclivity to watch. That's why I've been able to maneuver reasonably well in these interviews where people have tried to skewer me. So if you're, if you're up to something, I can switch into clinical mode and watch you. And I can usually figure out what you're up to. And in any case, when people approach me, so I can see reasonably deeply into them and they usually approach me in a pretty open manner. So they're, they're not defended, but it's, it's, it's a lot of emotional weight. I mean, I had some, somebody called me this week. He just got my number sort of randomly and, and that he had become suicidal. And, you know, that his, my lectures, he'd watched a lot of them and that, that it helped him, guide him through that. And, well, I've seen a lot of that. And that's dangerous, you know, it's dangerous. I'm, I'm not unhappy about it. I, I'm not unhappy about it. It's an honor to be able to help people, really. It's a privilege. And I'm thrilled that that's what's happening. But by the same token, it's a lot of, it's a lot to see. I have to be very careful to see all that and to be able to handle it. And so, and it's very dangerous because if I make a mistake of any sort, I'm, I'm, I'm in so much trouble. You see, the other thing that protected me, I think, with regard to the political controversy was that because I had so many hundreds of hours of my lectures up on YouTube already, it was very difficult to actually pillar me successfully because virtually everything I ever said to students was recorded and public record. And so if my those people who felt that they were my enemies wanted to demolish me, they could go into that vast archive of material and find something I said that was reprehensible. That's happened to lots of people, but no one could do that. And I think the reason for that is I never said anything reprehensible to students, ever. And so I think the other thing that happened was that people came to my website because I was so controversial, and then they listened to some of the things I said, and they thought, hmm, this isn't how this man is being described. What, what's going on here exactly? This is ridiculous because this is nothing like I expected at all. And it brings me to tears regularly. It's mind-boggling because people come up to me and this is happening wherever I go now. And they say, uh, they're very polite when they come and talk to me, you know, and they're always apologetic for interrupting. And so it's never, it's never narcissistic and it's never annoying. I'm really happy to see people. And they come up to me and they say, well, I know you've heard this lots of times before, but I've really... I've really been putting my life together since I've been watching your lectures. And then they tell me a story about where they were in some dark place, too much alcohol, too much drugs, not getting along with their father, not getting along with their mother, not having a vision for their life, being nihilistic, playing too many video games. They say, look, I've been, I've been listening to your lectures and I've been developing a vision for my life and I've been trying to take responsibility and I've been trying to tell the truth and things are way better 
And so that's absolutely perfect. It's, it's, it's the right way forward as far as I'm concerned. And those are people who, they took stock of themselves. They said, I'm in a dark place and I'm a dark person. And here's some things that this dark person in this dark place could do, little things that they could actually do. I'll clean up my damn room, I'll make my bed. I've had, I don't know how many people have come and told me. It's so strange, they said, well, I started making my bed and that made all the difference. So people come and listen to me lecture. So then the question is, well, who are they listening to? Well, in some sense, they're listening to me because there I am. But in some sense, they're not. I'm the embodiment of a, of a set of ideas, just as we all are. Those ideas aren't mine. They're the collective ideas of the human race in some sense. And to the degree that I can articulate them properly for this time and place, to the degree that I can be wise in my generation, uh, a biblical phrase, a very astute biblical phrase. I can communicate those ideas to myself and to other people, but I don't want to be mistaken for their source. I'm not their source, and I'm very aware of that, and I, I do what I can to make that clear to myself, and my family helps me out with that a lot. They understand the danger as well, and 